The conversation continues right now, right now, right now with right now. Dominique De Prima on First Things First. First. Things first. And like I said, if you want to give a call, you can do that, 800-920-1580, It seems to be Board of Supervisors Day around here. We'll be hearing from another candidate next. Um, and I, as I shared with you, I went to the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors meeting on yesterday. I think that um, it's, it was really long. <laughs> it's an experience that... Um, you know, I think if you have time, especially when there's an important issue, uh, you might want to do, um, it, you know, impressive group, our, our, our board of supervisors, all women at this point. Um, and the conversation that I was there to hear was about the closure of the, uh, the jail, the men's central jail. And also, um, the report back on the, um, use of force by uh, L.A. sheriffs inside the jails. It was very interesting. I think the thorniest issue is closing the men's central jail because, as I mentioned, the L.A. County Board of Supervisors, really at the urging of the voters. I mean, let's look at what happened, uh, not just in 2020 with marching, but with our voting, right? Um, and, And that whole period, that run up to that period where, we really put some teeth into our care first um, concept. And now we're in a period of backlash. And that's why I think it's really important to hold on to the gains that we did make and, and make certain that we are implementing the things we voted in rather than getting tricked into believing that they have failed when they haven't even been fully implemented yet. Um, tricked into believing that um, the only way we can be safe is by having more and more, uh, more and more uh, carceral approach of locking people up, throwing away the key, more and more and more and more cops, more and more and more and more deputies at a time when we are allegedly for the first time trying to really root out these LA Sheriff's Department gangs. Uh, The, you know, the, the presentation is interesting as far as you know what it what it takes for our sheriff's department to really be in compliance in the way they treat prisoners and it, even though we're not there yet i wonder even if we were there would this stop the killings inside of the uh prison system right because I've talked to so many families where the person, um, uh, their their loved one um, dies in prison and then, oh, they had a heart attack. They died of natural causes. They just fell over dead. We don't know what happened and they're not getting answers. So obviously this is a huge project. The closure of Men's Central Jail is something that the supervisors voted to do. um, In 2021. And it's something we've been talking about for a long time. It's something many activists have been calling on, calling for for a long, 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 long time. That, and a lot of us are frustrated that it's not done yet. One of the things which I already thought, because you know I pay a certain amount of attention, because I've talked to families, because I'm active uh, with Black Lives Matter um, grassroots, uh, bec- and and you know and other community-based organizations is that 
we have got, and I, and I tried to say this, you know, when you do public comment, they only give you a couple minutes. So you, one minute, usually they, we had two yesterday because there were two different issues. You can never get everything in that you want to say. So we're going to spend some time talking about this in the, in the days and weeks ahead. One of the things that I have observed is we all, everybody wants to be able to just wave a magic wand and poof, the jail is gone and everyone is, you know, happily skipping away. It was the same thing with the unhoused. We want to just say, okay, safer inside, all better, but that's not how it works. And when it comes to the jail, I feel like um, it's a reflection of all these different problems that we have. At the moment, the Justice Care and Opportunities Department, um, which, you know, my friend uh, and colleague, uh, Judge Songhai Armstead, is actually putting has just put on its feet it's a brand new department it's a little over a year old um, has been tasked with this but in order to close a jail the county jail where they hold people awaiting um, charges you know people where they're and they're also there's a combination of what they call pre-trial which is they put you in jail and you're waiting to get um, get you know convicted or, or freed or whatever's going to happen to you. And then the people that have already been convicted of stuff that have to s- serve time in the county. Um, and th- those include, now, we've heard a lot of talk about the bail schedules, right? And and how we are, the alarmists say, oh, we're letting everyone out. But if that was the case, the jail would already be closed. There's a bunch of people still in there. And so what do you do with those folks? Where do they go? Um, what happens to the people in there that are murderers? What happens to the people in there that are that are having mental health crisis? And this is clearly something where you have to have every county department working in concert because the sheriffs control the jails and mental health controls the treatment of those mentally ill folks. And, you know, our health, uh, county health controls those that are uh, infirm, elderly or infirm, uh, chronically ill that are in those jails. And, um, you know, I mean, it's just you've got the, the courts, right? the judges that are deciding who goes there and for how long. Then you've got our supervisors who are trying to um, make change and implement this care first model and implement, you know, measure J and measure R. And I think it, I think uh, folks do a great job of showing up and trying to stay on them to make sure that this is moving. What I don't think we're doing the best job of is listening to what's been done. And and when we push, pushing based on not just our perception of what should be, but based on what we're hearing in that meeting, based on what is unfolding. And I, I was, you know, I may have to ponder how to say this a little better um, before I deep dive. I was encouraged to see that um, the the conversation is robust, that so many uh, department heads showed up uh, yesterday at the meeting to talk about how we can realistically close that jail. Uh, And, you know, so I guess that represents progress in the sense that the conversation is happening. Um, you know, the uh, JCOD um, laid out what the conditions are that need to exist in order for this to move forward. Um, but how do you, how do you 
make that happen with, you know, it, it, the, with all these different pieces, moving parts, which is um, like herding cats in a sense. Does, what is the role of the state? Um, obviously, you, you, you want your, you want your board of supervisors to be able to function autonomously, but this is a huge and expensive project and it's an ongoing problem because the conditions inside of that jail are inhumane and intolerable. But you, you know, un unlike what you hear, what's not actually happening is people just being let out in mass. So how do you get from point A to point B? Um, Supervisor Horvath was quite upset yesterday. She was elected in 2022, and um, this is a this is a problem that's been in existence for quite some time. So I think my perception of the that conversation it um, was that you got to really be well versed in what has happened so far before you got there in 2022 and figure out how to move the ball without trying to scapegoat any one person or department. Um, I know, you know, that we, when we have terrible, terrible, horrible, very bad messes, we like to call in black women to fix them. Or occasionally, you know, a black man too. Like if you want to be president of the United States as a black man, you have to have the Bush crash of 2008. Right. So um, I was very appreciative of, you know, the balanced leadership of, uh, of Supervisor Mitchell, who looked at the plan and said, well, w w these are the questions that I have. These are the flaws that I that I see. I was um, less appreciative of someone just coming in and going, why isn't this fixed? And that's kind of what um, what I got from from the chair, which is. Uh, Supervisor Horvath. So w I'm really interested to see how the follow-up to this is. And it's, you know, it's, it's not going to happen overnight. But we, all of us, and I'm talking particularly to progressive advocates, we can't just say the same thing over and over again. We have to track where are we right now? Where are we this week? Where are we next week? Where are we the week after next? And continue to hold the line um, and, and track What's happening? You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. Say the quiet part out loud. loud. KBLA Talk 1580. Find a righteous range and don't be afraid to say what you see. For KBLA Talk 1580. Continuing our quest to get to know the folks that want your vote this election season. And as I said, it seems to be Board of Supervisors Day. Today, we have a candidate for District 2. Uh, he says his journey is a testament to his commitment to making positive impact on the lives of others. Uh, he uh, moved to Los Angeles back in 2002 to work for LA's Dream Center. Um, the center is known, the organization known for providing free services, housing, recovery uh, programs for individuals and families in need. Um, he, of course, continues his work um, as an activist here Um but uh, is the founder and CEO of Safe Squad Incorporated, which is a safe online platform uh, for kids to give safe experiences online for kids. Prior to that, he worked as director of homeless and housing for Councilwoman Tracy Park. Clint Carlton, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me today. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to ask you the same question I ask a lot of people that um, – 
this this election season, there seem to be a lot of people running who have never held public office, and you're running for you know a, a, one of the top jobs. I mean, being a, a supervisor on the board of supervisors, almost like being a governor. Correct. So why would you start there? I I would say that you know when I when I looked on the online to see who was running against Holly Mitchell, uh, I believe we need true leadership in those offices now. I think we're we're at a point with homelessness, with the housing crisis, with the safety of our residents and businesses, that we need somebody to step in and be a leader. I have a seven year old daughter. And, you know, back in 2022, I came to Los Angeles. I fell in love with this city. And I want my daughter to be in love with the same city that I fell in love with, the land of opportunity that Los Angeles was. Not businesses leaving, not people leaving in flocks. I think that we need to, you know, have leaders that are going to put things forward, that are going to hold departments accountable. And that's what I want to do. Um, no doubt you saw the... the um recent crime report that shows that we're down in almost every area of crime. I mean, other than, you know, obviously car thefts, robberies, not that that's wonderful, but um, one of the things that that alarms me is that I'm hearing so many candidates talk about it like this is the 80s and we're or the 90s and we're nowhere near that in terms of crime. I think we're going down a path um, of, of crime in, in, different, in different ways. In Compton, we have the street takeovers happening right now. Uh, there's people that have lost lives. There's, I mean, that's not just in Compton. It's yeah. not just in Compton, but those are the people that are speaking out the most about street takeovers. Right. You know, their, their voices are being heard. And, and those are the people that have come to me and said, we have to get this issue taken care of. And, and there's a lot of things that aren't being enforced, a lot of, a lot of crimes that aren't being enforced. And, and we have to enforce those crimes, those, those laws and ordinances that are put in place to be enforced. Um, Give me an example of what you're talking about. Well, street takeovers, there's, there's, um, you know, there's... I mean, they are against the law. They are against the law, yeah. But then also you look at the, the smash and grabs going on. Uh, we have to be better at enf- enforcing those laws so that those, the people don't do those anymore. You know, we can't but, have businesses I, so being you, shut you, down. So you're, what you're telling me is that you feel we can arrest our way or enforce our way out of these problems? Not arrest our way, enforce our way. I feel like we need to, we look at these individuals that are committing these and there's an issue that people have lost their purpose uh, in different communities. And I think we need to help people at an early age find their purpose and find their their goals and values and dreams. Um you know, you look at what about their resources? I mean, you can have all the goals, values, and dreams you want. You you also need the same resources that other communities have. And, and that's what and that's what I want to do is I want to provide resources. You look at the Watts Empowerment Center. Justin Mayo runs the Watts Empowerment Center. Close friend of mine. Not a county official or city official has come to him and asked him to expand what he's doing in Watts. And what he's doing is he's teaching kids computer classes, coding, different ways of instead of just making ends meet. He can change the directories of families for generations if, if say, we do things what right. What do you say to folks that, um, like our L.A. city attorney who believes that those smash and grabs are part of organized crime? Some are. Uh, some are. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, there, there's, different, there's different people doing them. And so we have to look at the organized crime aspect of it, and we need to look at the random individuals that are doing it, and we need to fix that. So you... you <clears throat> excuse me, houselessness, um, public safety, and crime are the three things you list on your website. 
as being your priorities, the things that are most important yeah, I, to you I as, a, they, as a supervisor. And, and everything kind of falls into place. You look at a homelessness crisis. We, we talk about, oh, we don't have housing. You know, we don't have, they, they just put down uh, SB 43. They delayed it until 2026. And that's the conservatorship over those dealing with mental health issues and substance abuse, where we could say, okay, we need you to go into a program of, so, well, of we, some sort. But we have the care court that, that's meant to do that, We right? do have the care court. But what they're saying is Do the you county, support that, by the way? Absolutely. Absolutely. But we have to get better. So we have to tweak things to make them better. And, you know, we look at, you know, Measure H. Measure H funding was designated as a designated tax that started back in 2017 to help combat homelessness. Right. Then you have the Measure uh, MHSA, uh, Mental Health Service Act, that taxes anybody over a million dollars, that makes a million dollars, they tax them 1%. Okay, that, bring, that brought in in 2022-23, brought in $1.9 billion. But we only, we, we, we only, we have, of that, we have $400 million left over in 2022-23. And that's a track record of years prior to. So if they're saying we don't have the money, then that, that's, that's a lie. Well, okay. Um, we have, I think we have a homeless problem that's bigger than what we, the voters, measured when we did H and HHH, are you? Um, so, but what's your solution? You're saying we have the money, we're just wasting money. No, we need to we need to create affordable housing for one. But we, how do you do that without money? We have money. We have the money. We have almost 500 back in 2022-23. You know how many houses were down? Uh, a lot. We're down, we're down a lot. Yeah. And, I don't, and so I don't, okay. But back in 2022-23, you know, we underspent not money that we gave Lhasa, but underspent. We underspent. $500 million. And, and, but then we have Prop 1 that they're trying to get us to vote for to give more money to combat homelessness and mental health. We shouldn't have to throw money at the problem. Yeah. You know? I, conservative, I don't know if you're a conservative. I don't know if you're a Republican or a Democrat. But conservatives Democrat. always say you, you, you don't throw money at the problem. But when I hear that, I call BS because everywhere, like schools are a great example. Everywhere you go where they have robust budgets and well-padded property, uh, um, uh, local taxes, the schools are better. Yeah. So you do have to throw money at the problem. You throw money at the problem, but it's not... At the taxpayer's expense. It's always at the taxpayer's but I expense. That's what our taxes are for. But that's I, for I don't believe when we have Measure <laughs> H and Measure MHSA that we need another prop, that we need another tax to tax the people when they don't see results coming out. I don't believe that. Mm, that's interesting. Okay. Well, so what do you think we should be doing instead? I mean, if we're housing 20 people a day and, and 25 a day are falling into houselessness, then you pull away those programs, it's going to get a lot more dire than it is now, wouldn't it? I don't think you're pulling away the programs. I think that you, you need to better your programs. Uh, you need to make things better. So just I think do it that, better? Yeah, like Kobe Bryant. You know, Kobe Bryant used to say he, looks, he would look in the mirror every day. And say, am I better today than I was yesterday? Yeah, I mean, I agree. We should do everything better. I wish I could do radio better. But it's, for me, as a, you know, just a regular person, mm -hmm. regular citizen, voter, whatever, it seems like, I, I guess what I'm looking for is specifics. Because I, for me, I can sit there and go, you know, look at these five women here that are on the board of supervisors. You know, I can do it better. Mm -hmm. But if you've never done it, you're are, are are we Monday morning quarterbacking? I don't think so. I think we're looking at leadership. We're looking at leadership. You, and and would I would I've run against <laughs> Janice Hahn? Absolutely. 
you know, and that's the thing is Holly's in my district. I feel like we need strong leadership in that office. And you don't think she's providing strong leadership? I don't think she's providing strong leadership in any community that she's in. And and I, I know that's that's harsh to say. Well, it sounds a little mansplainy. I mean I don't I don't mean to be, you know, weird, but it does sound a little mansplainy where you're saying we have no good leadership. We've got five skilled women on the board of supervisory, whether you agree with them or don't agree with them. All of them have worked their way there through various positions. None of them have just said, you know what, I'm going to be a supervisor. So what what makes you f- so sure that you can just do it better? We've got a giant problem with Lhasa right now. A giant problem with Lhasa. With with people that are being told, the, the mom that was told that was living on the on the bus bench of LAX when her one-year-old daughter died. We were, she was told, oh, we're going to get you housing. We're going to do this for you. But you get, you're on a waiting list. Allegedly, yeah. I mean, uh, I, don't, I, I read yeah. that story. I saw the story. I saw her, her you know, rant, and I didn't blame her because her yeah. child was dead. Yeah. But we don't know everything that happened in that situation, and you really never do. But people shouldn't be dying on our streets. Absolutely. We you can know, agree we, on that. Sh- but again, I need dying. specifics. How are you? What are you going to do that our current Board of Supervisors isn't trying so, to do at the moment? So we have to create incubators of greatness. What does that mean? Incubators of greatness are, they go in one way, they come out a different way. We look at the model of- Schools. Well, or, or housing. Training yeah, center. How, tra- tra- oh, training. you're talking about housing. I now. just okay. don't believe that you sh- you could shove a addict or somebody with mental health into a hotel and cause and throw up your confetti and say, we did our job. I don't think anybody's doing that, we, do you? Well, well, you know, we've housed 22,000 people. The mayor came out and said that. You know, the yeah, ma- well, the they're not on the street. She hasn't said that the program is over, that people are in permanent f- housing. They're still struggling. I mean, I think she's acknowledged that. They are, but but I we need, you know, wraparound services for these individuals. Uh, everyone says that. That's not, Absolutely. That's not rocket science. But we create how, incubators uh, of greatness. We have, right now, we have the, I th- believe it's the Hawthorne Mall that's been sitting vacant for over 10 years. Yet we haven't looked at purchasing that mall. To turn it into so a place when, of so, recovery. So, so go a little bit more in detail about incubators of greatness. Your your idea for how we can you know have people come into these services and come yeah. out wraparound services uh, rehabilitation. Yeah. I guess is what yeah. you're talking create, about. Create create great rehabilitation areas that it doesn't feel like rehabilitation. It feels like a family environment, a, an environment where they you know they're almost forced to change. They're almost forced to think different and act different. And I think that's what I'm looking at as a board of supervisor is we have to create opportunities for people to succeed. We can no longer, and, and there needs to be a sense of urgency. During COVID, there was a sense of urgency on shutting down restaurants, businesses, you know, churches, different things. There was a sense of urgency. There needs to be a greater sense of urgency on our homelessness crisis. Talking with um, Glenn Carlton, he's running for District 2 Supervisor, the district we are sitting in right now. And when we come forward, I want to hear about your plan for safety. You said crime, safety, houselessness. Those are your top priorities. What do you think um, would work to tamp down crime and increase our safety? You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DiPrima when we come forward. We're not for everybody, but we're for everybody. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. You are, and we're talking with Clint Carlton. He's running for the L.A. County Board of Supervisors. That's got to be an expensive and daunting undertaking. Uh, L.A. County Board of Supervisors constituency groups is larger than many states. Yeah, it's about 2 million people. Yeah, 
That's a lot of folks. Um, so w- we got a lot to cover. We're going to try to squeeze it in right here because time flies when you're on the radio. Crime and safety are big uh, for you. How do you, what do you propose we do? Well, crime and safety, we had uh, a couple weeks ago, I went and rode the Metro. Uh, I've had a lot of uh, people that work for the Metro and people out there that ride the Metro. And of course, you'd have a seat on the Metro. It, you would have a seat on the Metro board. And, you know, I my whole goal on the Metro is keeping it as safe as we can be so my I could put my mother-in-law or my child on it and feel safe right. about them riding it. And, uh, and so I rode the Metro from 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. on a Friday night. And what, what I saw, I didn't go with any security. I didn't go with any cameramen, nothing. I just said, I want to ride the Metro. Well, obviously, I'm six foot two, 220 pounds. I'm a kind of a bigger guy. And, you know, I didn't think that anything would, would happen to me. But I wanted to feel that same experience that the girl feels at, right. at midnight. And and I did that. And, man, I saw, I saw a mom that had just had her car repoed a week before that was forced to take the Metro. But, you know, there was some stuff going on uh, on the Metro uh, with mental, either mental health or, or the guy was, you know, out of his mind, screaming, hollering, uh, obviously didn't pay for that ride. Um, and it happened for like six stops and the mom had to get off with her kids because she feared for her kid's life. So uh, I'm assuming you went and talked to her. That's how you I, I sat with her the whole yeah. entire time. So, um, what, again, back to specifics of what, yeah. how will you fix this? Well, we've got to, we've got to encourage our law enforcement. Obviously, you know, we, we went through the defund the police, uh, even though the police have never been defunded and actually have continuously in, in different massive ways. Ingri- in, well, in, continuously. L.A. City, yes. So Mayor even Karen county, Bass has been even, great. Even the county, even before Mayor Bass. But so you want to so I want to beef up their budgets even more. Is that what we, you're saying? We have to, and and because why we're do gonna, we have to? Well, with our with our sheriff's department, we have we have to make they it competitive. Have a huge budget. But we're not we're not given incentives. So you look at different areas around Los Angeles County right now in different cities, Orange County, they can lateral and get ninety thousand dollars in benefits. Yeah, they come to our academies, get trained. But so your solution it sounds like what I'm hearing you say is more and more and more enforcement. And then uh programs where people are gonna come in, out different. In, enforcement, uh, getting people More on the right track. Bigger yeah. police, bigger budget for the sheriff, bigger budget. Are you, are you concerned? Because you, the LA County Board of Supervisors oversees the sheriff's department. Absolutely. Are you concerned about sheriff's gangs? It, it's our job. Uh, sheriff gangs, I mean, you, you bring Alex Villanueva, um, you know, they've been trying to get him to talk about the sheriff gangs, but yet they can't really bring up anybody that, you know, they did bring up, but will present them to us. You know, and, and are we concerned about that? I'm concerned about anything that, that hinders somebody's work. And, and my job... What are their ability to be alive? Exactly. If you're a black or Latino but, citizen. But my Angeles. job as Board of Supervisors is to, is to make sure that the sheriff has all the resources that they need. But they have a lot of resources. They take the lion's share of our budget. We've got to be better on mental health with the sheriff's department. I don't think we should have the okay, sheriff. So, sheriff go, ahead. go ahead. I don't, I don't think the sheriff's department should be working two eight-hour shifts, a break, and then come back for another 16 hours. I don't believe that. We have to be better because it doesn't help you. It doesn't help me. If, if there's a sheriff deputy that has been working 24 hours or, you know, 24 hours in the past two days. That doesn't help so us out you're at all. Saying you're, I mean, and, Lo- and Luna has said this, that you think they're tired. But I, I, yeah, worn I, down. your analysis, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that we need to 
be more efficient in our spending on un, on the unhoused, but Absolutely. we need to give the sheriffs all the money they want without looking at efficiencies. We need we need to get back to where they were uh, before 2020. I think that in roundabout ways they have been defunded. They have been defunded. And give me an example of your ways. roundabout way. You look at at the even park enforcement. They decided that they would send that to public works. So that now it's not on the sheriff's budget anymore. So you think the sheriff should do everything? I think the sheriff's I think the sheriff should be in charge Except of the metro. For mental health. I think they should be in charge of the metro. I think that the contract needs Okay, so you want, to- do you want sheriffs on the metro? Mm, that sounds like a lot of dead people to me. I'm just, I don't mean no, to be I, extreme. No, I understand. But yeah, especially, yeah. you just said that we shouldn't have sheriffs dealing with mental health. I did? Didn't you say that? No, oh, that I, no, no. I misheard that? Okay. No, but I, I, feel, I feel like we do need enforcement on the metros. I, I don't think that, you know, we need issues to take place that's taking place. Right now we've got security guards and they're they're only there to uh, basically observe and report. And we have you're talking about the ambassadors? Well the ambassadors are are just answering questions. They're right. they're and, there and, to and, answer and, questions. And, and make you feel a little safer. Well the ones that I yourself, saw yeah. they weren't keeping anybody safe. And so so this you know so we just have we have to be better at the end of the day. We have to be better for safety of the people. And that's that's my number one concern is safety of the people. Are we keeping our people safe? Um, okay, I'm gonna try to pivot here because we we keep getting we got a few more. Yeah, you um you yourself um are a survivor of melanoma and and you've lived yeah. with a chronic disease um, your whole life. Uh, Crohn, Crohn's life. disease since I was 21 years old. So d- does that um, would that impact? The way you are, like programs or um, your view of people working with disabilities. Um. Well, I look, I look at Crohn's disease, and, and I know you're into health and, and, you know, different things. And, and I've been able to, for the past 15 years, by what I eat, uh, by what I put into my body, control Crohn's disease. Okay. I had Congrats. surgery. I had surgery back in t- 2006 where I got a foot and half my intestine, foot of my whole colon taken out. I weighed 130 pounds. I was on death's doorstep back in 2006. And, um, and you know, the, the thing is, is like, you look at, you know, and we, we, we can go on for, for days about this, but you look at like, I think it's important for us to show people like you can be healthy by what you put into your body, by okay. eating eating healthy. Then you look at melanoma. Um, you know, melanoma has, you know, it, it wrecks somebody, you know, because melanoma is one of the fastest spreading cancers out there. Right. And so, you know, mentally you, you see how people deal with that and people deal with cancer and, and, you know, you get through it. And I believe I've gotten through what I need to get through. Okay. Um, yeah, I was, I guess I was asking how it would inform your policies, but um, we, we're, we're so tight on time because we're having such a spirited conversation. Give me your pitch. Why should we vote for you? Leadership. Leadership, understanding the people. Um, I've been on the ground since the first part of October, meeting with people all over this district. This district's huge. Spans from Redondo Beach all the way to Larchmont. Yeah. It's a very big district. And Different communities have different problems and, <laughs> For sure. and, 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 you know, and different needs. And I think I'm the guy that can go from one end to the other and in between and bring people together for unity. 
And I think that's what's important in Los Angeles. We have to be unified, and that's what I'm going to try to do. Give us the websites, the, the places to find you. Yeah, you can find me at, at Clint Carlton, C-L-I-N-T-C-A-R-L-T-O-N, and www.carlton24.com. Close the jail, yes or no, Men's Central? Yes, absolutely. Uh, um, and knock it down and create the state-of-the-art mental health facility for it. So build another Build a beautiful jail? No, no, no. Build, build a beautiful mental health facility with beautiful garden, grounds, everything. So we, we have to, but that, that's a long process that it's, it's probably maybe a six or seven year plan. <laughs> okay, I'm just laughing because I was at the Board of Supervisors yesterday and it sounds like it could take longer than that, but we'll see. Uh, they certainly want it to be a shorter plan. Clint Carlton, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, find out more about him at Carlton24. Uh, dot com carlton 24.com we're going to be talking with dr gerald horn i told you we were stacked today it's kbla talk 1580